Welcome to the Crownsman Podcast. This is episode 29. I'm your host, Jared Downey, and my co-host, Gaudi Molina. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. Welcome back from your vacation. Yes. We had we had a little break. Uh, not just myself, but I guess the Crownsman Podcast took a little break as well, so... This is our... Yeah, but I had to do the, some of the fill-in stuff, so <laughs> it was not a break for me. No, no, no. There wasn't a break for you, but definitely for the podcast itself. But it's, um. a, it's a very well-deserved break. <laughs> so the we're o- back. And the audience ready. got a break from us. They were probably relieved. <laughs> um, or they missed us. Or they missed us. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it's episode 29. I, uh, it's funny because my first company was a... Um, exterior company mm-hmm. so we were doing gutters and siding and railings and all this sort of stuff and we so we were on all these construction projects and I would see people trying to get people and then the temporary people coming in and it's back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. and I never clued in which I know it sounds strange but at that time I mean in fairness I was 19 years old but um, I never kind of clued in that there's these organizations that are bringing people in, like they're actually hooking up the employees. Oh, okay. The, the employee, the the tradesmen are bringing are being brought in to for the employers, and so anyway, so when we started the show, I kind of want to we we talked so much about technology, business, finance, all this type of stuff. We haven't really actually swung the the camera around on the on the workers. Yeah. And so I found Tradesman International, and I found uh, David LeBlanc, mm-hmm. um, and David's the, the GM. We'll bring him on camera in a second. Um, and, and so I started looking into what this organi- organization does. Um, and trades, so Tradesman International is massive. I'll let, I'll let um, David talk a little m- bit more about that. Mm-hmm. But they're the ones who are putting all these tradesmen onto these, all these projects and dealing with the guys uh guys guys and girls lose uh, getting you know these short-term contracts and then long-term contracts and trying to get employers to, to you know to do things a certain way so the jobs actually end up they don't end up overstaffing and there's just so much stuff that they're doing yeah so it's anyway it's fascinating to me especially from the going i was all the work that i was doing before that would have been helpful to know about that yeah so anyway that's uh that's what we're going to be doing today awesome going over um Okay, well, um, I don't know if you're ready, but I, I will kind of jump in with just um, one oh, of our sponsors. sponsors. We oh, do have yeah. sponsors. Great, and it's always fantastic to have sponsors. So yep. first up, we've got Savannah Equipment. If you need anything from slurry pumps to jaw crushers to ball mills to conveyors, go to the leader in used mining equipment. Um, and you can visit them at SavannahEquipment.com where you'll find more equipment every day. Perfect. Okay. Um, you're just doing the one sponsor off the top? Just one. We'll, okay. we'll do the next one in the middle there. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your, you were, uh, you were one of the early guests. Some people come a little bit late. Some people come right on time. You're, you're the early guy. So you got to see us running around trying to get it all organized. Yeah, right on the time. The behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to give a little, uh, setup of what Tradesman International is because it, uh, it's not a unique organization, and they're the only player in town. There's definitely no. organizations that are uh, that are doing these types of service, but it is to a lot of our viewers, um, it's going to be sort of the first time they've heard people kind of unpackage what it is. So, can you give that that first snapshot of a Tradesman International, where they are, who they're serving, mm-hmm. who the actual uh, customer is, you know, who they represent, all that sort of stuff. Right. I think that the most important uh, part of that is is the name of the company is called Tradesman. So our primary focus is these qualified, skilled, highly skilled trades personnel mm-hmm. that are in, you know, primarily the construction industry. So that's, you know, from residential to commercial to industrial types of, you know, employment and jobs for these people. Um, there's a lot of different services available, like here in the lower mainland, there's, uh, I can count at least 10. Um, a lot of them are primarily focused on the lower end of the spectrum, which is labor, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
and and those guys, you know, are just looking for potentially short-term employment. Right. Um, whereas I'm more focused on full-time employment, um, 52 weeks of the year. Uh, we're a full-time employer. We do payroll every Friday. We pay these people every Friday. Um, and we take care of our, our, our employees. Right. So... That um, when you said when you said construction, uh, what's the what's I mean construction is a big scope to it. Are you talking about um, you know residential um, high rises or do you get you do getting into the oil and gas uh, energy mining? Like where where does that sort of that where does the reach go? Well, the fo the reach goes where you know if you use the word trades, what who's in the trades? Uh, carpenters, electric electricians. Plumbers, welders, millwrights, heavy equipment operators. So, you know, that should transcend into oil and gas, mining, uh, forestry. You know, in, lower in, in the lower mainland here, obviously, we see a lot of construction. That's the big one, yeah. That's the big one right now. Do we see a lot of oil and gas in BC or Alberta right now? Not so much. Mm -hmm. um, oil and gas is a great application for tradesmen. Right. So there's some projects in northern Alberta and northern BC that, uh, you know, we're working on. I think that those are still in development stages. Like they they want to get some work done, and I think that that's starting to happen now. It's starting to loosen up here in Western Canada. Um, but it's a little bit slow out there. Yeah, I was I was actually confused when I first talked talked to you. I was thinking, I I was pretty sure you weren't actually a union, but I was thinking it was more of a model where the uh, the 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 workers the tradesmen were coming and and being basically a membership of some kind but that's mm -hmm. actually the opposite right it's the right. it's the companies that are hiring you that's to correct do and then the employees are the members is that that how it works the employees like th there's no cost for our service on the employee side we want to you know help we want to recruit them we want to uh, give them full time jobs if that's what they desire. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of people now I see can't work full time. They, you know, they want to take a month off to travel. They want to, you know, who who knows what it is, but they have that flexibility with us. Mm. Everybody has that flexibility with us. Our our field employees, for instance, if uh, a carpenter says, you know, Dave, I want to take a couple weeks off. And I've got him on a two-month uh, job. So how do, how do you manage that? Well, I would I would flex in another carpenter. Oh, I see. Go there for a couple of weeks. We would call the client. We say, listen, this guy wants to take a vacation. What do you think of that? Yeah, is he doing the the job that he was set out to do over there? He sent we sent him over there to do some framing. How is that going? Well, you know, Dave, we're almost done the framing. Okay, so maybe we're moving on to some finishing carpentry, and maybe he doesn't need to come back to that site, and I can send some finishing mm. carpenters over there to do that scope of work. He could take the two weeks off, and we could go back to some other framing jobs because there's quite a few of them in the lower mainland. Right. So that's kind of how our service works for the best. Um, you know, whereas a construction company, the guy leaves for two weeks, do they have somebody else to fill that position? Yeah. Then you you know, gotta so go so then people are maybe yeah. trying to take vacations when it's a downturn or slower season right, or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. So, so you're yeah, it's uh, well that's pretty unique in the sense. Now, what is the size of the companies you're working with? Because even the smaller companies, they're working with you know everybody does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Now, so, but are you generally working with uh, a larger a larger clientele, hundred plus employees, or where's that range? Within tradesmen, honestly, what they think is the smaller residential home builders are the best fit. And, and why is that? Is because if you're going to build a home, let's say uh, in the Lower Mainland, do you need a framer to do all the work? You need all these kinds of different guys for all these different tasks, right? So you might need some f former carpenters mm -hmm. to start. You might need some framers, and then you might need some finishing carpenters. You need somebody to help with the roofing and so on and so forth. So you need all these different kinds of personnel. So is it better to have two or three guys or five guys that have these, you know, normally those trades are focused on their trade. Yeah. 
whereas you know these companies potentially are retaining them um, they may or may not be doing what they're really really good at right. every day yeah and so is that production efficient mm-hmm. we don't think so so well and uh, so th- if there was if there's a small development project um, on on a cost savings and I, I know that's not like that's not really your job to, to figure that out for a for the companies but if I'm building a, a home and I need and I'm coming to you and I'm actually hiring a couple of electricians that theoretically could bypass going to a contractor and getting the contractor to come in and he's billing out at a hundred bucks an hour is that is that mm. does that happen or is it something different it's something that could happen it depends again on the scope of work mm-hmm. um, w- generally what would happen is you know if you had an electrical contractor come out um, you know they would potentially want to do their scope of work um, but we could integrate if 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 for, s- for some reason they didn't have the adequate manpower we could help them bulk out some of that work right uh, we don't uh, we don't go and estimate jobs or superintend p- p- provide a superintendent on the job site right so you know they would have to answer to somebody on yeah. site yeah um, the, the contractor on site could probably just use our service and you know but he would have to manage that yeah is it, it w- this the people that are you're employing like you you brought up finishers and electricians and and those those sort of trades those construction mm-hmm. trades mm-hmm. um or building trades i should say mm-hmm. now in the construction like you mentioned the heavy equipment operators yeah um so that can be anywhere from people putting in a road to people yeah. running uh running a crane people trans not really transporting equipment but loading equipment and uh, anything in those sort of yeah, operators could be from class 1A driver mm-hmm. to forklift operators right. to excavator operators. Now, do that does that change? Like the Canadian, the, the, what's the difference between the Canadian version and the U.S. version? Same company, same same services, but does it sort of does it sort of uh, draw in a different group? Like in the Lower Mainland, I'm guessing there's a lot of finishers and those types of trades. You know, in all we talk about that a lot, and in all of our offices, what kind of guys are you using in your area? What what, mm-hmm. what kind of work is over there, right? And, and we're in a lot of different places. Um, not as vibrant in construction as Vancouver is. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there's all kinds of different needs for various locations. So, you know, we're dispatching uh, from a Canadian company, for instance, to build water parks all over the U.S. Right. So what kind of guys is that? Well, sometimes they need some carpenters. Sometimes they need some welders. Welders, yeah. And they need, you know, some laborers to help them out a bit. Mm-hmm. So we got a, quite a wide variety of, of clientele. Right, yeah. Um, just mentioning with, like, the how it works with workers, you're basically sending people over to do a job for a big company. Is there ever or does it happen or can it happen where you send someone over can they, from there, be hired directly by that company? Well, that's a good question, and yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure I get that asked to me probably <laughs> every day. <laughs> I've been uh, meaning to ask that since I met you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's it's always that scenario where, where they're always like, oh, man, I really like this guy. What do you think? I'm like, well, if I sell you the guy or, or, or you take the guy off my hands and you put him on your payroll, um, why do you need him, first of all? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have 52 weeks of the year work? Or do you have these projects that may or may not come to an end before they are you know, getting 52 weeks of the year work? Um, I don't like to get rid of my guys because we spend a lot of time and energy recruiting our personnel so that we can take care of the clients that need our service. Right. So if, if everybody took all of my guys, then I would, you know, guys, girls, uh, then I would have nobody. Mm-hmm. And then my clients would be phoning me and how would I be able to help them, right? right. So there's different services out there. There's recruiting services, um, there's labor services, and then there's labor consultants. And we're more of a labor consultant mm-hmm. type of company. 
whereas we come in and uh, we want to get to know our clients' business. We want to go to their to their job sites. We want to see what that work looks like, what their crews, how their crews are meshing, and find out what the various scopes of work are, so we can integrate some guys and 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 provide billable hours. The billable hours is something that, you know, when you're bidding on a job, you should be able to use our manpower to make money. Right. So yeah, you were. And we, you've talked about um, through our conversations that you're you're going building off of Gaudi's question. Mm -hmm. You want, on one hand, you want to keep your people employed. Yep. On the under other hand, you want them to stay employed with you. So when a guy, when a when a company's coming in and he brings in an electrician, and he goes, well, this project is going to go two years, but he's also got to come back. Because you are an employer, mm -hmm. so it, it is a, in a sense, you are stealing that employee from them. So is it make it, so you're kind of a double-edged sword it's, it's then. It's quite the opposite. So let's pretend I'm an electrical contractor. Okay. Um, and I've been on all these jobs. And, and the electric, electrical contractors, are they've got quite a bit of work. They can forecast, like you said, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So they would have their primary workers, which is like, let's call them their, your A workers. On these job sites, you might need some A guys, you might need some B guys, and you might need some C guys. Or you might need some various levels of apprenticeship for electrical. For instance, do you need a journeyman electrician to just pull wire all day? I think that you could use a first year or second year apprentice, substantially cheaper, to just pull wire all day. Are you gonna hire a bunch of elect uh, electrical apprentices for your company to go do these jobs? Or are you more focused on completing the tasks and having the journeymans, the red seal electricians on site mm -hmm. and maybe having a, s you know, a smaller core group of good. And, and when I say a guys, I mean, guys, a guys, how do you become an a guy is, is, uh, you know, skill set and attendance, mm -hmm. in my opinion is, right. is quite huge. Uh, you can have the best guy, you know, journeyman, uh, but if he doesn't show up for work, uh, it's not very good. Right. Um, but in those scenarios, what, what works well is if you have your good A guys, I want to supply you with some A guys as well. If you get into a situation where you need to speed up production and bulk out some work. Mm -hmm. So I could integrate, you know, some, some first, second, third year guys, uh, and then maybe a couple of journeymen potentially, depending on what those scopes look like. So you can help complete tasks on time. So the general contractors and the developers always stay on schedule. Right. It's it's sort of uh yeah, I want to I want to go a little further with it though. That it's so you, on one hand cuz you've talked about you want the people to be uh 52. You want those 52 we weeks. They don't need to work for me 52 weeks of the year. We just want to make sure that they're working 52 but they're weeks working. of the year. You got 52 weeks of the year bills to pay every year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um how do you do that? You just see when I worked in the trades, I was constantly looking for work. Like, you're looking around the job site, you're like, hmm, I think we're going to be done here in a couple yeah. of well, weeks. Well, I, I mean, I have, I have brother-in-laws at work. I, I said to you, you know, they're, yeah. they're in the trades, and it's it's just, it never, it's like two months, and it, you're, you're boom, and then it's, they're sitting at home for another month, and it's down, and the one newscast comes out, and then the jobs dry up for a month. Like, it's just, it's almost bizarre. So you're trying to sort of, are you on, off, start, stop, or trying to bridge that gap? Um, another scenario would be, let's pretend you are electrical uh, uh, tradesperson and you're working for a great electrical company, mm -hmm. um, but he's got some projects and maybe there's some delays and stuff like that. You yeah. know, I could onboard you. You could come and work for me for a couple of weeks. I'll put you to work. We'll pay you, we'll pay you every Friday. Um, and then if your boss calls you and you say, listen, I need your help now, this job's really going and c can you come back? Of course you can come back, go yeah. back to your original employer, but I could maybe uh, be a short term bridge for those persons. Right. That's interesting. Do you, do you, uh, do you have the numbers of how many, uh, employees that are, are under? Tradesman International that are are working now. Are you tracking? Are you tracking well, when I they're working tell you for you and when they're working for other people? 
what, like if they're if they're coming in and out, are you tracking when they're working for another em- employer as well, or are you just tracking within? Um, every tradesperson has a different need. Right. Do they want to work every day? Do they need to work every day? You know, mm. I'm always under the assumption, since I work every day, that most people need to do that as well. Right. One way or another, like five days a week at the very least. Right. Yeah. Um, but I get these scenarios where, you know, they want to go back to school, they need time to study, they've got children, you know, and so we insulate them, you know, from going and working for the full-time employer, which we are as well, um, but they really need their help and they just have no flexibility. Right. We offer that flexibility because if a guy can't go to work this week, you know, if I have the right guy that can go and do those tasks and the client so desires, we could send another guy to go and keep billing, like keep completing tasks and, and provide billable hours yeah. for them, right? And then when the next employee, the next employer needs somebody, you've got the next person in, in essentially in the Rolodex to go, okay, now I can slot them in. Well, this guy's coming off. Yeah. Do you need him? What What do you guys got going on next week? Do you need uh, this journeyman electrician next week? Yeah, we sure could use him. But we only need them for a week. So are you going to go and recruit a guy mm-hmm. for the week? Right. Or should you maybe consider one of the various services out there to kind of help you out a little bit? Yeah. This up and down, though, with with the with the trades, do you think there is – are there are there ways to avoid it? Um, because you've got – it seems a little extreme sometimes. And I, I, you it's see, extreme. I, yeah, well, it's – because you're looking at it from two sides. Like I said, most of our shows have been done from the more the executive management side. That's a big part of who we have on the show. Mm. And so this is really, for, for me, the first time on the show swinging it around to the other side. And so I understand, even from running my own companies, I understand within us, we get busy. All of a sudden, we need. We hire people that come in, you know, camera operators or whoever it is. Yeah. And then we hire them for a short period of time. And then... We, d- we just don't need them anymore. The project's done. The client's wrapped up with, with us, and so we're wrapped up with, with this part-time contractor. Is there, I mean, can you see actual errors that are happening with, within the, for the employers? Well, you can see it in our marketplace here in the Lower Mainland. It's created quite a stir where, you know, th- these employees don't know, they don't have a home. They don't yeah. know, they don't have a permanent placement. And it's it's a direct result of, you know, I don't think it's everybody's fault. I just think that it's just, there's a lot of, of, of information and education that um, companies should do. Like, for instance, are you a full-time employer? Well, I have many employees, and they've been with me for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how many is that? And what does your workflow look like? What does it look like? Do you need 10 guys or do you need five really good guys? And then maybe you need a couple of persons to flex in and out here and there. Right. So what is that called? You know, uh, it's like it's like, uh, it's like like owning a car. Do you buy a car um, and just because you're going to the get groceries once a week and that's it? Do you really need a car? Or do you think maybe you could rent a car for that day to be substantially cheaper? Mm-hmm. And just go get your groceries and go home, unpack your groceries, and that's it. You don't need a car for the rest of the week. You live downtown potentially, and you work downtown, so don't need a car. Yeah, you know, there's all these different kinds of scenarios, and that's why there's all these different kinds of services. Right. So you got to do you know some research. Yeah. For sure. I get into a little bit about your sort of your background because it's interesting, and I you had uh, you know you you had someone uh, someone who's apprenticing with you come in with you today. Yeah. And uh, and he's a welder, um, welder by trade. Yeah, you've you're a carpenter. Carpenter by carpenter trade. trade. Are a lot of the guys uh, before we before we get into sort of your your background? Are a lot of the people um, that work in the organization are they are they trades backgrounds? Is that is that sort of commonplace? Um, they have a good understanding of what the field employee will be going through on a day to day basis. Right. Um, it's not always the case yeah there's people that have worked in you know we call them you know it's a field representative it's a sales position Mm -hmm. whereas they have no construction knowledge yeah 
because you don't know who needs the service. It could be construction. Uh, it could be manufacturing. It could be industrial. It could be, you know, all these various tra- industries. And you just never know who's going to need help. Right. So, yeah. Let's, let's get into a little bit about sort of where you, you're where you're from what you've done because you've 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 covered a bit of ground mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um okay well before i get into it i'll just uh, do a little shout out to our other sponsor mm-hmm. um sean daly um so we've got a book from the Erksberg potosi a history of geology and mining since the 1500s this book traces the history of mining and geology from the 1500s in the valuable silver sorry in the valuable silver mines of the Erzberg Mountains of eastern Germany to the rich silver mines of Bolivia uh, Bolivia including Potosi and it's written by Sean Daly and you can order the book online at Amazon um, and we have we'll have the links in our description below so definitely go check it out Alrighty, so my turn. Um, well, I want to know more about you and how mm-hmm. you started, um, not just with the company, but kind of your background. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up working with my father, Work, uh, grew up in forestry at a very young age. And, uh, you know, that was my education in production and manufacturing. I didn't get into construction until um, my son was born and I was living in the Okanagan and that was basically the only kinds of jobs with that that you could make you know a living at that was available I had no construction knowledge and uh, started working for a farm work company there and uh, it was a very good education it was a very good employer he provided us with very steady work our crew Honestly, within six high-rises, changed within two people in six years. Wow. We were probably one of three or five high-rise companies in the valley. So I was lucky that way. Um, And and he taught me a lot about, you know, construction in general. Um, Yeah, with the, uh, you know, I went from construction and into oil and gas for a while. Um, spent some time in northern Alberta. Pretty much seen every plant that's there and uh, in six years. And, you know, worked in carpentry um, with Husky. Um, uh, and then I transitioned into oil and gas as I was in forestry and knew how to run equipment. Mm. Uh, went as an, o- uh, an operator working on pipeline. And so that's where I learned a lot about oil and gas and all the moving parts. Mm. And that uh, was pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then how did you start with uh, Tradesman International? You know, I could see the downturn in Edmonton when I was living there. And I was just, I was constantly looking for more work all the time. The mm. the, uh, you know, you're getting into these jobs and it was like almost done, almost done, almost done. And, you're and everybody was like, why don't you just stay with one company? You know, yeah. and I'm like, you know, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Um, I ended up moving back to Vancouver and I uh, was working in finance, actually. And uh, the recruiter that was in my office now, she was not there anymore. She was very good, though. And uh, she ended up calling me and she's like, yeah, I've got your resume. Um, you're a carpenter. You know, we could use your help. Are you, are you interested? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. And so, well, why don't you come in and see us? Okay, so I came in and seen them, and so they explained to me how tradesmen worked, and I was like, oh, cool, so it's kind of like a part-time job. That's what I thought, right? Yeah. Like, I got some time for that, right? I was working finance at night and, and earlier in the mornings and stuff like that. I had some time still. Like, an eight-hour day job for me was literally part-time, coming from oil and gas where you're working 14, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll check it out, right? He's like, Try some dispatches. We call them dispatches. Try some dispatches and, you know, you don't always have to take the jobs. We can offer you the jobs and if you like them, we go do them. And if you want another dispatch, you give us a shout. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. And so I did that for a year, actually. And um, it was my area manager that talked to me one day and he's like, well, why do you work for tradesmen as a carpenter? Wh- wh- what is it that you like about it? I said, well, you know what is I, I can kind of see the when the job's almost over. And I call in, I'll say, you know, I think I'm going to be done here in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. 
And why don't you give me a call when there's another dispatch? And meanwhile, I'll be out skiing and biking, which is what I like doing. And, uh, you know, in a couple of days, they'd phone me and like, okay, Monday, start, uh, go to this job site. Uh, okay, cool. So then I'd come home and go back to work, right? So really flexible for me. Um, I really liked it. So um, the funny part about how I, how, how I came to be the GM of the office is it, it was not my desire. Uh, it was not my intention. But it was probably due to the fact that it was raining a lot, and I was like, "This carpentry <laughs> in the this carpentry in the in the in the rain is not that fun. I would rather swing the hammer in minus forty than the rain, quite frankly, right?" Yeah. yeah. And I saw I was, you know, getting close to Christmas. And I was like, tradesmen had approached me, and they were just like, "You know, what do you think about sales? We, we know your resume, and mm -hmm. you've done some sales and all kinds of different things." and would you be interested in it? I was like, I don't know. You know, check it out, right? So I decided to check it out, and um, it, it worked very well for me. I understood the guys uh, yeah. in the field. I really connected with the, the, the employees, and I started to f connect with the uh, our clients, the contractors, et cetera, right? And they, start to, they started to understand my personality. I'm like, you know, they, they would order or d try to do an order with me, and they're like, well, I need a couple guys, a couple carpenters. I'm like, oh, okay, so what are we doing over there? Like, what's the scopes of work? And then, you know, begrudgingly, they they start telling me what's going on, and I'd start figuring out their job sites. And then you go to the sites, and you start to see what's going on. You start to learn more about these companies. This and is very hands-on, then, yeah, what you're doing, uh, yeah. It's really hands-on for the for the for the sales position. We call it the field representative. Yeah, and uh, I built a, a very good book of business. I had about fifty good carpenters doing, you know, the various carpentry like framing, finishing, and forming. Mm -hmm. That was what I understood. That was what we had available to us here in the Lower Mainland, and I was flexing them within twenty clients. Fifty guys within twenty clients was kind of my my little format and you know and then I started to you know that was smooth running pretty smooth and I was like you know I'm from pipelining I was always hanging out with the welders so I really wanted to get those guys work I yeah. seen that they were making big money I seen you know those that rate was you know a third basically of what they were used to making and I wanted to just try and help them I'm like I can't pay a hundred bucks an hour you know but what do you think of doing these jobs here? You know, those rates are like 30, 40 bucks, right? Yeah. Sort of while you're waiting for the big pipeline jobs to come up in Alberta and all we that. Waited. Yeah. That, that's been a year and a half now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and that this is what I was really ramping up to do was this pipeline work where I would, you know, have 100 guys out, you know, welding and operating. Uh, safety personnel, yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up to project managers and, and superintendents. Because in oil and gas, they rent everything. Right. You know, because when they're done those projects, we, you know, because they're bigger projects, and when they're done, they're done. Yeah. And then when you bid, you're going to another job where potentially you're going to make some money. But it might not be the day after the next project's done. It might yeah. be six months. I've, I've seen people right? wait for six, eight months. So you before. know what that looks like. Yeah. And so, you know, if I had a number of those oil and gas companies, you should be able to flex our crew in and out of those jobs. Um, I don't want to take away the company's, um, you know, their personnel. I don't want to take away from that. What I want to do is I want to help them with regards to making sure that they have the right amount of personnel on mm -hmm. site for the various scopes of work on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. You don't, you may or may not need our service. Yeah. Um, when I get into those interviews, so, you know, and we can kind of try to explain our business model, it starts to make sense to them pretty quick. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to bring up something that I, I think is quite important. It's, uh, it's uh, this, mm. what is it? It's a, uh, well, we it's call that the fully loaded pay rate. Yeah. The fully loaded pay rate, um, it's kind of a sore spot for a lot of the contractors and clients that I deal with. Yeah. Because we talk about it and we're like, do you really know what that guy costs per hour? Um, on this one, we use 20 bucks an hour. 
I, li I like to talk about 30 bucks an hour because $30 an hour is reflective of, you know, a good carpenter, a third, fourth year type guy. Right. So, you know, a $30 guy uh, is $50 an hour. And everybody's like, no, he's not. Well, we think that he is, and we can explain that. So on the fully loaded pay rate, you've got EI, CPP, workers' comp, insurance, um, and some admit costs. So when we were doing some research on it, um, just most of the rates are similar to a contractor's, mm -hmm. but when we got into the workers' comp, uh, we're three points cheaper than a framing company, a forming company. Um, some were cheaper, but we were cheaper than a lot of them just due to their accidents and incidents and stuff like yeah. that, right? And you have all these different levels of of in your Rolodex, you have the different levels of people, so you can Correct. slot in more accurately than a framing company with. I'm not going after the framing companies, <laughs> no. But <laughs> I mean, nobody is. But but if I have if I had a frame, my uh, exterior. It's always about the scope of work. Yeah, my exterior company. We had a few guys that knew how to do, but they they didn't know how to do all this other stuff. So you actually have those people on hand. Those Correct. are specific tasks, right? Yeah, it's a. You know, it's a juggling act because you got to phone them all up and, hey, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm busy with this. Yeah. When are you going to be ready? Type thing, right? Because they're, they're flexing in and out. Yeah. Too, right? You know, if, if I can't pay you enough and there's a job across the street, go there. Yeah. That, that sounds like a great opportunity. Like, why would you want to commute when you could walk across the street? Yeah. But when you're done, you can come back here. Right. Yeah. And we'll put you to work. You know, we try to put... Um, the average employee, you know, 30 minutes in the morning to go to work if yeah. you have a vehicle, I think is pretty fair. If you're on public transportation, you know, within 60 minutes, you should be on site. Yeah. So not too, you know, we just, we see that, where's the guys out? Where's the people out? Where's their vehicles out? The fuel is super expensive. That's a big, everybody's talking about the fuel right now. Yeah. You know, I'm Dave, I'm, I'm traveling too much. It's costing me too much in fuel. How can we how can we fix this? I'm like, well, why don't I find you a different site that's closer? Right. And let's just go work there and I'll just kinda start moving guys around. I certainly didn't realize it was as hands on as it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like through a portal. Yeah. 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 When I was a field rep, um, I used to spend the last two hours of my work day, which was probably after five PM, just moving guys around. Hey, are you ready to go tomorrow? We're going to a different site. Yeah. And with the field rep, one of the big things that we do is when you transition to a new site, we do what's called a walkout. Whereas the walkout, in our opinion, is very important. Uh, whereas we introduce the field employee to the company and the job site. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of do like a handshake and a, t and a turnover. It doesn't take very long, a couple minutes. Hey, how you doing? This is our guy. Check him out, right? Mm -hmm. Give us a shout midday. Make sure you like him. Make sure he's integrating with the crew. We 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 vet the client as much as we vet the uh, th the employee as well. Whereas I'm like, well, what kind of guys you got working over there? Yeah. What do you think's what's working well for you? What what hasn't worked well for you? Like I'm I'm always asking those questions and probably irritates them. Yeah. But they're important questions. Yeah. You know, because I want to make sure I have the right person on your site. I'm not really sending warm bodies to cold job sites yeah. and here you go. It's not like that at all. Well, efficiency is such an important part of, of running these companies. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I want this this uh, this fully loaded pay rate. I'm seeing this this uh, this peak and we'll bring it up on the screen mm -hmm. like later on in that. Um, but the this efficiency, you said we might be uh, a few points cheaper than a contractor. But there's a, and the efficiency side of my mind goes okay. But if you're slotting, if you're slotting the right people in for the right job at the right time, mm -hmm. you must have an efficiency in personnel. So at the end of the job, if you had the right people working the right job at the right rates, there's a good chance you should be get it done faster, which is obviously yep. going to cost less, plus more efficient, less fixing time, all that. So it do you make the argument? Um, um, maybe I should be a sales rep. <laughs> I, I try to make yeah. the argument. Do you, but you're trying to make the, the argument that your 
at the end of this project, you could actually save them. I mean, it could be a, on a on a substantial, s- amount. a huge amount of money on a on a skyscraper. Yeah, uh, you know, internally with tradesmen, like we've been at it for twenty seven years now. Yeah. So there's every kind of, if you can imagine, spreadsheet for every kind of scenario <laughs> known to man, and that is our job is to come out and and visit with you know the owners of these companies and just say. You know, you don't need to use our service, but you know, if you have five minutes, I can show you how to save some money, maybe, yeah. and and take more profit. I don't know if you're interested in that. Yeah. And that's the consulting side. You said yeah. that's where that that. So and then I want to clarify the business model too, because mm-hmm. when you're okay, so you you some someone's coming in, they're they're a carpenter, they're thirty bucks an hour, but at we, we've we've crunched numbers here we know that a $30 an hour employee is not 30 it it is 50 and that's that's being um if you got office space in that it's a lot more than that but it's so it's $50 an hour let's mm-hmm. say where is the business model for tradesmen in that in that is that is that worked into that $50 or is it wh- how does it even uh the, the the answer to that question is it is worked into it whereas it doesn't always work this way where i get a call and you can kind of sense it in their voice where they're they're in a jam, right? Right. I I, I already know. We're they need some help. So um, I will like we're there to help, obviously. But once we get it, it get into a you know if we're able to have a meeting with some of the owners of the companies, what we like to do is ask about what what projects do you have on the books for six to twelve months from now. This is where I need to live as the GM is mm. I need to be talking about, okay, we think that the marketplace is going to change next year. We think that there's not going to be enough guys. When are you doing this project? Oh, August? When everybody else is doing a project? Is there going to be any guys around? I'll have guys around. Yeah, They'll be working. But I can flex them in and out of your job to accommodate your different scopes of work. Yeah, That's the difference. Yeah. It, it's really amazing. Use our me. manpower. Yeah, because I I just remember these construction sites that I've been on, and I just I I never clued in that that was even an option. It never mm-hmm. even crossed my mind that that was an option. Well, you see it more and more, especially here in the Lower Mainland. Yeah, yeah. More than you know anywhere else in Canada, I would yeah. say right now. So are they just paying? So a, a big employer though, they're not paying you. It's not like a monthly fee for a membership. They're only paying you a percentage of what they're paying their employee. Is that right? That's a Another great question. Um, so how our service works is you only pay for what you use. Right. So there's no fee or, or anything like that. So let's pretend you got the $30 an hour guy. He's going out at $50. And so what does that look like? Well, he worked Monday to Friday, 40 hours. He has a time card. Their superintendent on site mm-hmm. will sign off and verify his hours. Right. I cannot generate an invoice without them signing off or giving permission or acknowledging those verifying those hours to us um so you know the following week we're paying them and we're 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 remitting an invoice with the time card attached so there's really no discrepancies um and then and then you, you put gst on there right so you see exactly everything in one shot um you know tradesmen is trying to incorporate a virtual time card, uh, whereas the, si- the, the they don't even have to do a signature anymore. They're basically entering virtually the, the hours, mm-hmm. and uh, there's lockbox deposits, and it's very efficient. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's no there's no way for for there to be a discrepancy. Yeah. So really, so when it comes down to it, it, it's in a way, if I'm an employer sitting there and you, of course, you know, these, these people are busy, the people you're dealing with, so you have to have that time to explain it. But at the end of the day, if they can understand, they're going, okay, it's costing us $50 an hour, hire in a guy that might not be able to slot in. One guy can't slot in for all these tasks. Right. I can. You're saying, well, I can slot these people in for you mm-hmm. and I'm $50 an hour. But the right person on the right job. Correct. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a tough one as well, where, whereas you're getting into bidding some jobs, you know, and, and trying to figure out what is your cost of manpower and how much am I going to bid on this job and what am I going to win the bid at? Right. So, you know, you see this in the short term. 
dispatches, let's call it. Yeah. Whereas they're like, well, you know, your price is a little bit too expensive. So at that time, I'm like, you know, it's not really my fault that you had to underbid the job. Mm-hmm. I understand the process because that's how it works. Everybody's trying to, you know, you, you can put a bid in. Will you get the bid? Yeah. You know, so how do you get the bid? Is it money? It's usually about money in one shape or form, right? Um, so I think that, you know, it, it's a it's a good exercise to be able to get in front of the clients to, yeah. to, to help them bid. And I have a lot of tools to be able to do that. I have two pieces of software where I can pull permits for anywhere in North America. Oh, so you're not, so they're that, that way you're not doing it after the fact. They've already got this bid and now they're coming to you yeah. and you're going, well, no, it's $7 an hour more mm-hmm. for 10 guys. Yeah. Well, now you're $70 an hour Why are you bidding on that yeah. job when everybody else is bidding on the same job? Um, there's many great jobs out there, like projects, I mean. Whereas, like in BC alone, there's probably last time I searched, there was 450 uh, provincially and and federally funded projects with regards to hospitals and schools alone. So you're bidding on the stuff in the lower mainland. What about in northern BC or somewhere like that? Well, I don't have any guys there, Dave. We got the guys, but I have guys. I could help you with those projects. Yeah. I think you could make great money. Let us let me come in and, and, and help you bid on those jobs and uh, s- help your company turn more profit. Yeah. Like, because you don't need all these different guys for, for this. What's happening now is a lot of the construction companies, you know, maybe shrinking their workforce. Mm-hmm. Well, then they shrink their bidding. Right. And, and we, we come in and we're like, you should be bidding more. Use your core group of guys, bid on more work, let me help you provide you with the numbers and facts and and uh let's get that work yeah we want to help you get that work yeah you know when we're talking about trades um we use the term guys probably 90 percent of the time and honestly the the women are more than welcome in the trades yeah but i wanted to yeah well of course yeah um are you seeing? Are you seeing more? Um, mm. I know even on our show, we we've booked, uh, we've had a couple women on the show. Um, we're certainly not looking for men or women. We're looking for experts in their field. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say what ninety percent are are men are probably. Men, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing any sort of or sort of shift? I don't. I don't know if they want to do that work. They're more than welcome in the trades. Most men don't want to do that work. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. S- you know, I think maybe it's. Pr- it depends on the trade also. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the trades are, are very, you know, labor intensive, like heavy lifting and stuff like that. Um, may or may not be appealing to most yeah. most females. Um, you know, there's a lot of very good, uh, you know, great tradespersons that are female. Yeah. You know, um, if you want to, if you want to be a carpenter, you're more than welcome. Over here, uh, electrician, millwright, welder, we hire. There's there's no discrimination in our office. Like if you want to work and you're a good worker and you're reliable, uh, we want to help you. Yeah. So. But over the years, you really haven't seen, and it, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. I'm just. I'm. I was just curious if it could oh be a potential solution to you know what they refer to as the skilled trade shortage. Well, it's just the the one thing I, because I was talking to uh, one of my, uh, what's it, step-niece, so a niece married mm-hmm. into the family, mm-hmm. um, and and so uh, she's a nurse. And I didn't yeah. realize, like, the nurses have the, um, and I'm, I'm speaking with very little expertise in the field, but they've, Essentially, if they start a family, there there there's options to say, well, I'm going to work to keep their ticket. They'll work like two days a week, and there's there's the flexibility, yep. and it it just strikes me that these trades, which are sometimes you're saying, I mean, they're they're not twelve dollar an hour jobs. Some of them no. are, are are you said you said you about look in the lower mainland, the trades I would say is a very good paying job. It's not, you know, it's very expensive to live here. Obviously, you want to be able to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, trades is you know it'll pay the bills it did it for me and there's some but through an organization like tradesman international Mm -hmm. you've got there is some flexibility there's a little bit more flexibility than if you 
got to be on. Well, we want to help people progress. Right. So how does that work? Well, uh, to do apprenticeships here in, in, in BC is, is, is what's called the ITA. And so those hours are tracked by us. Mm-hmm. As soon as the day you're, you know, onboarded with us, we're tracking, you, you go to various dispatches and, and we're tracking those ITA hours. You know, so if you come to me and you say, listen, I, I'm really interested in this electrician's trade. What does that look like? I'm like, electrician's a very good trade. You know, you could make up to $40 an hour, let's say. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So who's going to sponsor you for this asp- apprenticeship? Mm-hmm. Is, is the local electrical company wanting to do that? Do they have that kind of work available for them? Mm-hmm. Because there is a cost to, you know, helping these people progress as well. Yeah. And so Huge we cost. absorb that. Yeah. Um, you can start as an electrical apprentice. Do your 1,600 hours. We track your hours. Go to school. Progress you that to the next stage with, you know, electrical apprentice two would pay another two dollars two three dollars right and so on and so forth and whereas we've we've had uh successful people finish up into red seal Mm -hmm. through our office really yeah yeah Yeah. there's another thing and i wanted to touch you know it's you you think you're going to cover more ground in these shows but sometimes Mm -hmm. if you dig in it it takes more time to kind of unpack it and and it's, it's such good information especially I think anybody watching this, if they're on the employer side or the employee side, yeah. I mean, I, I've been on both sides of it, and I know the information you're telling me, I hadn't, he- I just simply hadn't heard before, just hadn't mm-hmm. come across. You have another thing in Tradesman International where you're doing, um, s- uh, it's like there's a spousal, it's a, I don't know if it's a spousal program or if that's just a byproduct of it. Is that actually a concerted effort to uh, do? When we're, when we're recruiting, yeah. You, you usually see a scenario where the husband and wife come in. Mm. And so they, they get to learn about the service. So, you know, it's in the back of their minds, obviously. There's a referral program that we have in our office um, w- and within tradesmen because we find that referrals is the best way to get these reliable, highly skilled, uh, responsible people. Right. And so you often see, you know, the husband or the wife, actually it was the wife the other day that was in my office and sh- he was working somewhere else and she wasn't happy. They're working in different, the same company mm. and she wants to try something else. I'm like, well, you're more than welcome here. You can, you can do both, you know, depending on where your dispatches are and your, what your, what you want to do. And so, you know, we got her started on a job site and, um, you know, a couple of weeks later it was him. It was like, okay, I kind of like that service. What, do you have something for me? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Let's look at your resume and and see if we can get you what you want. The one big thing that I always see is when I see these, when I interview trades, and I've probably inter- interviewed over 300 trades in the last year. And the one thing that I always see is nobody really ever asks them what they like to do. Because you see their resumes, I'm like, oh, because so so you're a concrete form worker, form worker, form worker, form worker, and then I ask him, do you actually like form work? Oh, I hate form work, Dave. I'm really good at finishing. Has anybody ever asked you what you wanted to do? And it's like, no, I, I just always do form work because everybody gets me to do form work. Yeah. It's a unique position you're in because yeah. It's a so trade. I'm like, well, why don't we do go do some finishing work? Because I want my employees to be happy. Yeah, and I think you'll be happy doing what you like to do every day. Yeah, it's a really unique position because again, if I'm running my exterior company and I get my resume and I see form w- and I and I need siding, and the guy's siding, siding, siding. Well, that guy, I'm not going to ask him what he likes. But you're mm-hmm. in this unique position mm-hmm. where you've already got the ten people that do this. Yep. So you can afford to go. Well, you like finishing, and you do have experience, so you can finish. Yep. And then he gets on one job, and you get good feedback, and mm-hmm. that's very unique. The feedback is important. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and you know, you 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 see it on their resumes, what they've been doing, what they're what they're qualified to do, right? Um, and there's a little bit of a disconnect there, so you have to have that conversation with them, you know. And I always, I'm I'm very honest. I'm like, you know, it looks like you're probably pretty good at farming because that's pretty <laughs> much what you've done your whole career, <laughs> but I'm gonna get you those jobs that you want to do. Yeah. We might, 
you know, if there's some form work and it's across the street and it's paying pretty good, uh, I'm going to call you. Yeah. You don't need to take that work if you yeah. don't want to. But yeah. if you want that job and it's, you know, and, and you go check it out for a couple of days, doesn't work out, you just give me a shout yeah. and I'll, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I had a question. Um, I'm curious to know for for an employer that comes in looking for guys for a job that he just got, you know, out north somewhere, mm -hmm. um, would you provide men or, or guys or girls? Um, Manpower. <laughs> exactly. We can't even do that. It's women power. Human power, I guess. Human power. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're um, not that politically yeah. correct on <laughs> the right. show. Um, <laughs> would you provide, I guess, because you have people, I guess, everywhere, um, locally? So if they're heading out north, I will, would you I will try to recruit locally. Okay. Um, I'm under the impression if, they're, if we're trying to do a job in a remote area, is there people there? Uh, exactly. Is, you need five or ten electricians. Is there five or ten electricians there? Yeah. yeah. Or where does this where does this manpower come from? Mm -hmm. Where do these highly skilled trades come from? So, you know, in Canada, um, there are a lot of very very good trades personnel, highly qualified, highly ticketed that are in Alberta right now, mm -hmm. and they're highly displaced, and we all know that. So. I you know, I don't have all the solutions for them, but if I have anything that resembles anything that would work for them, I'm calling them. Right. So you could send someone from Alberta out to Absolutely. Know, Northern Territories yeah. or something. We did a job last okay. year in um, Northern Yellowknife. Mm. And, you know, I, I couldn't find anybody in Yellowknife that could, could, could do the work. Because maybe you're living in Yellowknife. Yeah, there's electricians there. But... They're working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have jobs. So that's probably why you're calling me is you can't find anybody local. We want to recru recruit local. So when I recruit, I'll post locally mm -hmm. and then I'll post, you know, maybe I'll post in Edmonton, Calgary, Kelowna, Vancouver to see who's available and what those skills persons look like. Um, and, and if they're even interested in this work, you know, if they're available, if they're interested and yeah, it's, it's a lot of phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you're if someone puts up a bit, they they've got a, a project, and you're saying, okay, well we can provide the the manpower. Now you've got to go into your to your database, and you're mm -hmm. saying, okay, now you actually have to go and do a job posting if you don't have the amount of people you need. You actually have to do a job posting to find someone to come to for to work for you to send to work right. for them, right? Right. Yeah. So we're always trying to build our database. Yeah. We're always looking for personnel. Uh, you know. And it's it's a weird thing because you don't know who's available when. That's right. Yeah. So I was wondering, how do they? How do you? You're waiting for them to maybe phone you, or you phone them, and are you busy right now? No, I think I'm going to be ready in a week or two. Okay, well, phone me when you think you're going to be coming off, and and you know okay. where we can get you going again, right? Because again, I want to make sure everybody is just working. Yeah. However, that looks. How did how did Tradesman International start? Like, where what's the beginning of? Where did this all come from? Mm -hmm. Well, this th this was the exact scenario where Joe Wesley started in, in 1992, whereas he saw that his manpower and, and his scopes of work and his jobs were, you know, up and down. We, we got to need five guys for this job right now. And then some days we need two. And then we, you know, he, he knew, he realized right away that he just could see that that his manpower was, you know, he needed some some sort of uh, device where he could, you know, retain his guys, yeah. flex them in and out of different jobs and different projects and because he was having a hard time maybe retaining the guys or, you know, or keeping them busy right. all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, there's high seasons and low seasons in every industry. Yeah. So. But the it, so this, this way this was in 92 that he? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so he was an electrical contractor, and um, yeah, Canada, it's kind of funny because Canada, uh, for tradesmen, you know, we've got 200 offices in the U.S., one office in Canada, so we're kind of like when tradesmen all started for Canada. Yeah. Right. Well, that right was it's that was my next know, question. It's like starting all over. Yeah. That, and that was my, my next question. You know, you're in a leadership position here. Mm -hmm. What what is uh, you know, this is probably a good a good area to sort of wrap up the mm -hmm. the show is 
you know, you've you've started from you know going through. You've you've worked on the pipelines. You've yeah. worked uh, as a carpenter. Mm -hmm. You've built sky rises. You've yeah. done all this. Mm -hmm. Now you're in this leadership position. Yep. With you've got two hundred offices over here. Yep. You've got one in Canada, which is the second largest company uh, country in the world by by land mass. Yep. And you, what is your what is your vision? You go into work a day, and you're you're doing you know you're I'm sure you're handling salespeople and doing all that stuff. But that that long term vision, what is it for you? Um, my long term vision when I started as the GM was I wanted to build some offices. Um, I think that I laid it out that I wanted to build five to nine offices here in Canada. Mm. Um, you know, I had to take a step back and really focus on our marketplace. I, th I thought that I had a really good grasp on our marketplace and it really changed a lot here this year. Yeah. And it's very destabilized. So I, I really haven't had time to focus on anything but our marketplace at the moment. Um, but there's, you know, we're getting calls from other places in Canada, like Toronto is very busy. They're having the same problems that we had last year now. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're still seeing in, in places like Alberta, um, that, you know, these people need jobs. So, you know, is there a way for us to recruit from the places where there's not as enough work for them and get them to work at these other places that are, you know, vibrant right now. And that goes back to Gaudi's question about where local, these people local come from? coming from, moving mm -hmm. them all around. Yeah, exactly. and, it's, it's and we do that. Like, we, we literally could do, you know, remote jobs for us is probably better than anybody. Right. Whereas when we call clients, we ask them, do you do any, any work in the U.S.? Because I could service you with 200 offices in the U.S. You know, do you guys do any remote camp work and stuff like that? Because, you know, you're going to have to recruit retained uh, uh, we could help you do that we're we're, we're a full-time recruiting company mm -hmm. so you know we think that we're pretty good at finding personnel and 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 good personnel to go and and get production done yeah it would it would strike me when you said that vision of of more more offices if you're having one office on the west coast mm -hmm. I, I suppose there's in the u.s you got 250 states so one one state's dropping. You've got another state that's going. So there's that sort of coordination. You would that would be a challenge if it's the boom is in Quebec. You're in BC. You don't have a sales team right on the ground, right. or or do you have that here in Canada? No, we don't have that at the moment. Like we we're there. It's in the talks. Uh, we have an office right across the water from Toronto. Right. In yeah. GTA yeah. In Rochester, New York. Right. Um, you know, that could service that area quite easily. Right. So it's, you know, Canada, U.S., it, it would be the difference between Seattle and Vancouver. We're, we're not very far away from each other. Yeah. Um, but even city by city, there's a, there's a very, markets are very unique to their, you know, we've certainly found mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we've, we've traveled around um, meeting with companies and clients and doing all this stuff. And it, it always takes me back how unique even, e I mean, even going from Vancouver to Kamloops, oh. it's just, mm -hmm. it's a different way of thinking. It's yep. a different environment. People make decisions at a different, uh, not even a different pace, but you they have different types of questions. And then they, it's just a very different, and then you go back to East, mm -hmm. it's completely different the way they even do business. Like, I remember getting a meeting here can be a challenge. I go back, I was, when I spent mm -hmm. some time in Toronto, I would meet a guy, you know, he'd be oh, in finance or whatever. And I mean, these guys are working for major corporations, you know, d doing investments. Stuff. They're not even trying to sell to me. They're, they're just, and I go, oh, I'm doing this thing uh, with some mining stuff. Do you want to meet? Yeah, sure, let's meet tomorrow. It was just so quick. Everything was so mm. quick. So it's, it's hard to, I'm, sh I'm sure I'm just preaching to the choir. It's hard exactly to understand the about. market w if you're not don't have at least one set of eyes looking right at it, hey? Yeah, no, and that's, I guess that's what tradesmen wanted mm -hmm. for Vancouver was let's start with something, an, an area where we can, you know, really understand that market and, and grow from there. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of plans for growth. There's a, a large team in, in our U.S. corporate offices that, you know, Nobody sees it, but they're 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 working every day to support our office. Right. 
yeah. you know, in every shape and form. So yeah. all of our payroll is generated through our corporate office in in in, in Ohio. Mm. So you know they gotta. I, I know that they're very busy all the time. Oh, I bet. Yeah, mm. I um, you know, we're we're sort of we there was other things I wanted to talk about here, but you know, it's I, I think everything we talked about was important to cover. Yeah. Um, so we might have to get you back or or figure out a way to get some because yeah, you I mean to. there's there's you know I'll just quickly some of the stuff was the partnerships you you develop I saw like yeah. United Rentals and that to kind of develop best practices yeah. uh, you've got in the U S you said it's more popular the veterans employment I mean there's yeah. just some really good stuff that that trades me international so I I hope we get another opportunity yeah. to sort of unpack some of that yeah. stuff too so like, likewise. Thank you for joining the show. Yeah, um, we've got, we've got, we've got. Do we have some sponsorship that we got to go out with? Nope. No, we're good to go. We're good. Okay. Um, we've changed some format uh, a little bit. Um, we'll get to that in a second as well, which is some of the offerings we're doing. But David, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's sort of sometimes I feel almost like we're cheating because we get <laughs> we get people to come in here and they give us just this amazing information, mm -hmm. you know, and it's. Um, I think that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, I always laugh about it. I, I, I literally feel like I'm a school teacher mm -hmm. every day because all I do is education, education, education. And I, and I probably sound like a broken record to 90% of the people I talk to every day. But I'm really trying to help them and, and, and grow their businesses. I'm, I'm really help the, the employees that are out there find a suitable home for yeah. themselves so that, you know, they're able to progress in life. Yeah. Um, so... No, it's a, that's it's what keeps me going every day. It's an yeah. amazing thing. So, yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate for coming it, you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll sign off. Where, where are we signing off to, Gaddy? This right one? Here, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Um, I should have wrote it out for you, but you're back from holidays, and we're, we're just getting things together, so that's fine. But we've, uh, this month, uh -huh. um, we developed sort of a new, a new model for what we're doing. So now... What it is, is there's still a sponsorship. Of course, people can sponsor the show. We'd, we'd love to get your brand on here and, and promote. And I, you know, if you're any in heavy industry, your people are watching this show. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty affordable. Pretty much any company of any size. You know, you obviously want to make sure they fit, but they, they can afford it. But we yeah. also do these specials now, um, which is going to be sort of a similar idea, but it's a one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one interview. It's on a set, and that's sort of a unique thing. Um, so if you want to like sort of really focus on shorter versions to get out your technology, your services and that, yeah. and then we'll help you develop your own show as well. Um, completely your own brand, your own feel, um, even we'll even come on site and do it. So we've, we sort of remodeled that. So it's pretty interesting. If you're interested, we'll, you can put the email and everything I'll up. I'll definitely put yeah. the email there on, on our, um, and the next show, I'll let you know that we're going to talk about that before the show starts. I had no idea. <laughs> This so is anyway. news to me, so it's also information for myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can everybody find us, listen to us, watch yeah. us, laugh at us, <laughs> comment, be angry? I'm sure we've said something. Hey, yes. Um, and we'd be happy to hear I all of it. I wish we had more controversy. I know. We need right? more. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, definitely, you can watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel. Yep. We've got an episode every week, every Friday. Um, and we've got highlights from all our episodes as well on there. Um, you can also listen to us on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, CastBox, Breaker, and many, many, many more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know she, she doesn't write them down. So it's a challenge every week every to week. see how far <laughs> you can get. I know what you're doing. Um, yes. And you can also, you know... Go to our website, crownsman.com, and the camera actually just shot Go off, over so here. we're going to move over here. Um, <laughs> yes, you can definitely visit our website at crownsman.com and email us, info at crownsman.com. Okay, so thank yeah. you. Thank you for joining us, David. Thank you for hosting <laughs> with me, Gowdy. Again. <laughs> and thank you for watching. We will see you on the next episode. <laughs>